Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkson. Thank you, Mike. One other thing I want to draw your attention to, if you got one of our bulletins this morning, on the back of that bulletin, it is our generation's report. Each month we're going to report about our building that uh, we are endeavoring to start. If you will look at it each time, we're going to try to let you know what the plan is, but also how much we've received. And that's in the middle column. We've received $220,145. Out, we only lack 39855 completely covering the cost of our first phase. We're excited about what God is doing. What is really exciting to me is we were praying about this on the building was as Pastor Chris shared with us a word that he had received and he read it out of a different translation than I had, that I had seen before. And it's the verse that's on the bottom of that page. Exodus 25, 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel, or you could say speak to the people of New Covenant, that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you receive the contribution from me. For me, stood out to me as we were reading that among the elders. You know, we've built buildings for us. We've built, we've done a lot of things and God has so honored and blessed and done. We believe that God is asking us to do this for Him in such a way that He's got plans for this that we don't even see yet. And we believe that God has something very special. We invite you to pray and listen and hear and respond to whatever God is leading you. You just listen to me. It doesn't matter how much. It's not about amount. It's about obedient heart. God will take care of all of the amount when we respond from a trusting heart. And so I encourage you, look at the report, see what God's doing. Every month we're going to be keeping you informed on where we are. Just to let you know, the plans are being drawn up, the architectural plans, or the building plans themselves, the drawings for those to bid, the final bids and all of that kind of stuff is already in the works. And so we're excited about what God's doing. We want you to pray, ask, give in a, as, as a work from your heart and do it for Him. Amen? Amen. You have your Bibles. Let me invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to begin a four-week series this morning on identity. Identity. I have three questions for you. First question, who are you? Who are you? Stop and think about that. Now, most of us, when we hear that, well, we would give our name. Well, I'm Daryl Feemster. Or we would say, well, I'm the pastor, or I'm this, or I'm that. And we kind of define it by what we do or what we... No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not even asking what, by what are you called. I'm saying, who are you? Identity. Who am I? The second question is, why am I here? Why are you here? Well, I came to worship. No, I, that's not. I'm, I'm, I'm looking beyond it. Why do I exist? Why am I here? Why am I here at this time? In this time in our generations? Why am I here in this time in history? Why am I here? Why now? Why? 
And the third question is, where am I going? If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? Where are you going? Where are you headed? What's your purpose? What's your plan? What? Why? Who? Where? Let me tell you, that is going on in the hearts and lives of people all the time. It's speaking to identity. It's speaking about who am I? Where am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? We all have a drive for identity. Today, you hear about identity politics. And all that says is, is that, that somebody else is telling you what you ought to say and what you ought to be. Identity means that you're getting your identity from somebody else. Identity theft is somebody else stole it. They're spending your money. They're using your credit. They're emptying your bank account. Identity theft. Identity is that which distinguishes. It's that distinguishing character or personality of an individual. It's the qualities and beliefs and actions that distinguish or identify a person. Where you get your identity is powerfully important. Whatever you depend on for identity and meaning and purpose in life actually controls you. If you get your identity from what everybody else thinks, what everybody else is saying or what you've heard them say about you. If you get your identity from other people, then other people control you. If you get your identity from your job, from your abilities, from your physique, right? How you appear. When you look in the mirror, if you get your identity by how you look, how you look controls you. Whatever you depend on for your identity, that is ruling your life. You will act accordingly. Where you, it's, it's so powerful how you define yourself and where and who gets to define you. Many of you remember in your teenage years that identity crisis and how you dressed and how you thought. Listen, we've just, it just keeps going. It's not just teenage years. Identity crisis. I believe not only are we facing an identity crisis as a nation, we're facing an identity crisis as a people, but we're also facing identity crisis as the people of God. We're letting the world and others define who we are. Why we're here and where we're going. I believe... Well, let me just define identity crisis. It's a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure due to conflicting internal and external experiences, pressures, and expectations. The issue of identity is inescapable and is so central in your life, especially as a believer. The world is continually trying to get you to accept an identity based on your appearance, on your ability and performance, on your family, on your contribution to society. Anything except what God says your identity is to be based on. 
The world is trying to put you in their mold, trying to define you. And let me tell you, it's working. Most of us, you haven't lived until fill in the blank. The whole point is, is we've been letting the the world feed us its hopelessness. It's fear. It's frustration. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about who you are, your identity, according to God. Because let me ask you, who knows how something works except the Creator? Our verse that we're going to use as a theme over the next few weeks is 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. If any man be in Christ... You are a part of God's plan if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, He won't do His plan without you. The scripture word for identity is birthright. You, as a child of God, have a birthright, a legacy, an inheritance that is guaranteed. So, we're going to be talking about our identity as followers of Christ. You're not going to believe what God's called you to. You're not going to believe the depth of His love or the purpose He has for you. It's unbelievable and it's unchanging and it's exact. It's true. Your identity has ramifications that you will spend a lifetime working out and learning to believe and understand. The first place of identity comes from your birth. I'm Daryl Feemster, the second son of Elmer Feemster, a farmer in Collingsworth County, or used to be. My identity began with the plan of my father and mother. They wanted another child. I was planned. It just took five years for me to mess up their plan. You say, I thought you was planned. I was. I was planned and they planned for a girl. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> that was the surprise. But I was planned. I was born according at least... My birth was according to plan. The first place, that's what I'm trying to get to us, is to understand that our identity didn't start when I got older. My identity didn't start when, when I was, came into being. My identity started in the heart of God before the world was ever created. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 4, I'm going to be reading from the message translation. It says, long before He, God, laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind. Had settled on us as the focus of His love to be 
made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ and what pleasure he took in planning this. God's plan is to bring a host of sons and daughters into being whom he would indwell, through whom he would live and manifest his very life, and in and through whom he would reign supreme and receive glory. Now, you probably know all of this, and you're, you're sitting there back there thinking, Preacher, we've heard this all before. The part that I want to focus on, though, is I think that you haven't heard. You, you, you are part of it. You see, when we think of God making a plan, we think God planning something out there and He's going to make it happen. God made a plan with you in mind. Most of us think God had a plan and we messed it up. Because things didn't go... You see, my mom and dad thought God messed up their plan. I was a boy. But he had a plan. I know what you're thinking. Well, if God had a plan and I'm part of that plan, there goes the plan. I'm sure to mess it up. I got good news for you. You're not only part of the plan, but you can't mess it up. It's signed, sealed, I was going to say sure, but it works. So I want us to look at our identity and where we get our identity from. Because if you don't get your identity from the one who created you, the one who made you, the one who planned you, you'll let the world define you. And you'll let the things of life define you. And they will control you. I want you to know there's one who is in absolute charge of all of life. And his name is Jehovah, Yahweh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a plan, and you're involved. The planner is God the Father. Before the creation of the universe, God thought of me. God thought of you. Now, folks, listen to me. Don't deny that. In other words, it's not whether you think he thought of you. The scripture says when God, before he made anything, he had you in mind. He didn't choose you because of anything in you or anything you were going to be, he fixed his gaze on you and chose you for himself. He didn't choose you because of anything that you were going to do or you were going to be. He chose you because of his own plan. You were his idea. I like the way the message puts it. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. Think about it for a moment. When God said, let there be light, he had you in mind. When God said, let's make man in our own image, you were in his thoughts, in his plan. You were always on his mind. When God said to Abraham, come out from among them 
Go to a place I'm going to show you. You were on his mind. When God saved Moses and delivered the Hebrew children from bondage, you were on his mind. When God singled out David to be the king that all the kings would follow, that would never leave the throne, you were on his mind. When God prophesied the future, you were on his mind. When Jesus, the Word, become flesh and dwelling among men, came, he came with you on his mind. <laughs> when Jesus was dying on the cross, you were on his mind. I want you to get this. When in resurrection life, Jesus ascended back to the Father and poured out his Holy Spirit, you were on his mind. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, you were on God's mind. There's never been a point in your life when you were not in his attention and intention. That's how big our God is. And that's how much he loves you. This whole thing, your life, your salvation, your future, your part in his plan. It was all planned before the foundation of the world. Now I know... God had a plan, but man screwed it up. Here's the great thing about God. God planned for your screw-up. Ephesians 1, 7. There's a purchaser, the Son, Jesus the Son. There's one who was a part of God's plan that took care of man's screw-up. Verse 7 through 10 in the New Living says this, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. And this is His plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in in heaven and on earth. God planned your redemption. He planned your salvation. He planned your deliverance. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus didn't come as an afterthought because man screwed up. He was planned before the foundation of the world to pay for sin, the, the sin of the world, that nothing would stand between you and the Father. Verse 7 and 8 in the message says it this way, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything and provided for everything we could possibly need. Hallelujah. Verse 11 and 12 in the message says, It is in Christ, now listen to this, It is in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in Christ we find out who we are. And what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. Had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, He is working out in everything and everyone. God planned for everything and He backs up His plan with a promise. Now we have the Father planning it. We have the Son paying for it. 
But God didn't stop there. He gives us a promise to secure it. Verse 13, Ephesians 1, New Living. And now you also have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us everything He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. This is just one more reason for us to praise our glorious God. God not only planned it, Jesus not only paid the price for it, God poured out His Holy Spirit within us to guarantee that His plan would come to be fulfilled. The New King James Version says it this way, Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Two words are real important there. The word sealed and the word guaranteed. Sealed has a, a threefold type of meaning. It carries several, several different ways. The first one is secure. S- security. It means to be shut up. We sang it a while ago. Who can open the scroll that was sealed? It was sealed. In other words, it was shut up. You, it was secure. There had to be one that was holy and whole that could open the seals, that could break the seal. In other words, when God gives you the Holy Spirit, it is God's security promise to you that you are in, you are sealed as a part of Him. It is also a mark of authenticity. When they would seal a document, they had a ring that they would put in wax and they would seal it. In other words, it was a mark of authenticity. What you are going to see is what God has already said is authentic. When God gives you the Holy Spirit, He is giving you the authenticity that you belong to Him. Y'all not near as excited as I am. God planned it before I knew it. He paid for it before I needed it. And now, when I receive it, He seals me. He, and the third is that I am His own possession. I'm marked authentic. I'm in for good. Because God has done a work according to His plan. I'm signed, sealed, And delivered. The other word is guarantee. The word literally means earnest. It means a down payment or a pledge. The Holy Spirit is the first payment on the fullness of what God's going to do in His eternal plan. In other words, how many of you have ever bought a house and made a down payment? You know... Don't buy a car when they don't expect a down payment. Most of us, you, you, the reason is, is because you're going to be paying the down payment the first few, first few months. And then they're going to expect you to pay the rest of it. God gave an earnest, a down payment. In other words, a promise. Reason, if you're going to go into a dealing and they say, well, I'm going to put down earnest money. What you're saying is I'm promising you that if the deal goes through, I'm going to, Buy it. It's mine. I want to put down earnest money so you hold it for me. The God gives you the Holy Spirit as the earnest money that God is holding you for Himself. 
It's secure. It's authentic. So what's all this saying? You are a part of God's plan, an unchanging plan. Every obstacle and issue has been dealt with in Christ. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to show that we are his, authentically his, possessed by him. His presence is our guarantee that we will possess all he's planned and purposed. Your identity, your present tense life, your future in God's plan is signed, sealed, and delivered. You count. You matter. And you can count on Him. Who am I? I'm a blood-bought child of God, unconditionally loved and accepted by the Father before I ever knew it. I'm marked as authentic by His Holy Spirit, who is Himself my guarantee that I will end up exactly where He planned. Jeremiah 29.11 is a very familiar quoted verse. Jeremiah, a prophet, was made to be a prophet. In fact, let me just tell you this. Jeremiah was the prophet that God says, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you. And Jeremiah prophesied during a time of they were going to go into captivity. And they were going to spend 70 years there. God just told them, this this is part of the plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it's in the midst of this telling them that they're going to go, in, go into captivity and for 70 years. And then he says this to, you, to them, and he says this to us. I know what I'm doing. I've had, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. You are part of God's plan. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of God's plan. God not only planned for you, He paid for you. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. God not only planned for you and paid for you, He has promised you that you will fulfill everything that He has purposed for you, and He's the one who will do it. Faithful is He who called us, He Himself will do it. He who began this good work in us will bring it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. Yeah, but. There's no but. That's who you are. He didn't say, well, if you keep on. Now, you keep on. You know why you keep on? Because it's part of the plan. Let me tell you what I mean. I told you I was planned. My mom and dad planned me, and for five years they tried. Finally, I'm on my way, and I surprise them. I'm a girl. No, I'm not. I'm a boy. But they wanted a girl. They had planned for a girl, but I, that wasn't according to the plan. So that I was born April 5th, 1953. I'm old. 53 was in another century. Okay? I was born in a little county hospital. And that night there was a lot of babies being born. In fact, my cousin Ronald 
was waiting on me to get out of the delivery room so he could be delivered. He and I were born just hours apart. You say, what are you telling us? It's part of a plan. And they were so busy in the hospital that the doctors and the nurses had to be in the delivery room with others. And so they left my dad in the nursery with me. Now, what you don't realize, I didn't tell you, is when I was born, I was born with the umbilical cord around my neck. And I tried to breathe before I was born in the birth canal. And so I was having difficulties as a newborn. And they left my dad in the nursery to take care of me while the doctors and nurses were delivering Ronald. I blame Ronald for all my problems. (laughs) And while I was in the nursery and my dad was with me, I began to choke. And uh, my dad... Not knowing what to do, basically picked me up out of the bassinet or whatever it's called. Does anybody know what it's called? What's the baby in the... (laughs) Part of the plan. (laughs) Whatever it's called. Baby bed. He picked me up and just dropped me down and was holding me by my heels then what my what I found out later my dad said that when when he did that he said I gave you to God and uh, it cleared out and I was okay but uh, grew up all that thing but when he did that and, and he gave me to God he heard in his mind that I was going to be a preacher. On April 5th, 1953. Now my dad never shared that story with me. Until some 21 years later. Went through all the things teenagers go through. I went through all that. And I was, I was taken to church. My dad was an incredible man and my mom. I was raised in a godly home. All of that to say, thank you. But at the age of 17, God called me to preach and I began. And, and Connie and I got married and I went to school at Wayland Baptist in Plainview. Went to school to study to be a minister and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I started pastoring a little school uh, uh, church where I went to school uh, back in my hometown and And when it came time in 1974 that they were going to, in January of 1974, they were going to ordain me in the Baptist realm. That was to set me apart for the gospel ministry. And what they do is they get a counselor to come in and they interview you and they hear your testimony and they hear your your definition of the call in your life and those kind of things. And and usually it's deacons and pastors and others from other churches surrounding. and, And they were all in that. My dad was a deacon at First Baptist Church in Wellington, and so he was a part of that council. And so then they have a church service, and and in the service, then there's a time where I kneeled, Connie and I kneeled. I guess it was Connie and I. Maybe it's just me. It's just me. I, I, she said she corrected me, 
And so I kneeled and, and there, and then the men would come by and they would lay hands on me and say a prayer over me, kind of blessing me and setting me apart for the gospel ministry. And all of that was going on. And then my dad comes and steps up and he lays hands on me and he leans down and he whispers in my ear, When you were born, God told me you were going to be a preacher. Today, I give you my blessing for what God said he was going to do. I didn't know any of that. God had a plan. Before I was born. And from January 1974 until 2025, 26 or 27 or 30, I'm going to walk in His plan. You understand what I'm saying? Well, what did you do? But you're da- no, my dad never said anything to me. God was at work working His plan. Now, I'm saying all of that to say this to you. You're part of his plan. You can't mess him up. What God has begun in you as a follower of Jesus Christ, he will bring on to completion. The question is not his plan. The question is not the price that was paid. The question is not even the promise he's given you. The question is... Will you receive his identity? Will you be who he's planned you to be? Will you respond to him? And let me tell you something. It's not how big you respond. There's a lot of little bitty responses that you think are nothing that God's making a big deal out of. So your little yes today could be a change of history. God, I'm going to get my identity from what you planned. That's who I am. That's why I'm here. And that's where I'm going. I trust you. God knows what he's doing. He's got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Call on Him. He'll listen. When you look for Him, you'll find Him. Who am I? I'm not just the second son of Elmer Feimster. I'm a blood-bought child of God. Purposed and planned by God to fulfill His purposes all the days of my life. And He has given me a promise. His presence of the Holy Spirit that will Himself fulfill what He's planned for me to do. And every day that I live, I live out of that identity. The world is trying to put you into their mold. Trying to tell you who you're not and what you can and what you can't. God is saying, I got plans. Trust me. Would you bow with me in prayer?
Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your plans. Thank you that we can't mess you up and we can't make it happen. All we can do is partner with the plan. So, Lord, our answer to you is yes. I trust you. I'm not going to get my identity from what people say about me. I'm not going to be get my identity for what others have said to me. I'm not going to get my identity by looking in the mirror or by my abilities or performances. I'm going to get my identity from my Creator, from my Savior, from my Lord. My life belongs to you. I trust you. Do you know him? He's got a plan for you. Plan for you to hear this today. Plan for you to say yes to him. If you've been walking in fear and frustration, I want you to know his plan still stands. What he promised you years ago, he's still working. It looks like all of the things have fallen apart for what you thought was going to be. Hey, stop and listen to what he said was going to be. Trust him. When you call on him, he's listening. When you look for him, you'll find him. Because you are part of his plan. Invite you to stand together with me. Theron's going to lead us in a worship song. We're going to invite him, invite Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the promised one, to work the work in us, put us back on plan, open the windows of heaven over us, and pour out provision for his plan. That's who we are blood bought, unconditionally loved set apart for a purpose I have meaning because of Jesus thank you Lord thank you for listening to this week's message for more information or to listen to past sermons go to newcovenantlampasses.com